are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. Song, you're gonna cut it all out. No, I'll oh leave no, it. we'll leave in a that. song in. God, what if I say something that I'll regret? <laughs> <laughs> what number are you on the Enneagram? Nine. A nine, a peacemaker. No, I think, isn't the nine? There's a fly in there. Isn't oh. there a nine wing one? It's called the negotiator. I don't like that. That's <laughs> disturbing me. Ew. It's right here. It's in it. No, it's on the side. Kill it. You see it right here? Oh. Oh, wow. Did you really kill that? Wow. That was amazing. One for Beth. <laughs> I don't touch flies. Zero against the flies. Where do flies come from in the winter? Aren't they supposed to be dead? Our family calls them zombie flies when the flies come out in the wintertime. Anyways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Wait, what were Oh, you a saying? negotiator. That's what I read. Is it your core motivation? It's not about behavior. It's about motivation. So. I don't feel like I'm a negotiator, but maybe I am deep down inside. Who knows? Nine's <laughs> desire unity. They search for harmony. They're considered yes. the peacemakers of the Enneagram. Yes, I do not like, fighting in my house. I, I really despise when my children get mean with each other. Like, that is the worst thing yeah. ever to me. I don't know to watch. what number likes that. <laughs> When I had children, I had to apologize to my mother. <laughs> I did too. Because my sister and I fought all the time. Oh my gosh, me and my sister about did everything too. And then I had kids, and I was like, "I'm so sorry." Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'd apologize to my sister because she had kids way before me, and I'd be like, "My kids will never be like that or act like that ever." <laughs> and then when my kids did, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe my kids just acted that way." <laughs> She was so sweet. She'd be like, just wait. Every time I'd be so mean to her, she's like, just you wait. And she was right. <laughs> I was wrong. I was like, my kids are going to be perfect. They're going to be so nice and respectful. <laughs> lies. All <laughs> lies. Well, welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. <laughs> like, this is Lizzie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I wish I could say Cassie. Lizzie and Cassie, but that doesn't work. Uh, but Katie kind of pulls in with that it's lizzie and katie here lizzie and katie with the shine podcast and we are shining our spotlight on janelle keller today welcome janelle so glad you're here (laughs) thanks she's really excited about being here i'm feeling really hot and sweaty right now (laughs) (laughs) with a heater blowing on her janelle was born and raised in bellevue ohio she met her husband, Adam, at Eastern Michigan University. She was uh, majoring in communication and business, but she tells me she changed her major four times, but she didn't change her husband four times. They met <laughs> when they were freshmen and got married during college. So they were college sweethearts and college. It was a college marriage. Yeah. They have been married for 17 years. They have three children, two boys and a girl, 12, 9, and 6. She is a homeschool mom, a COVID homeschool mom. (laughs) We'll let her tell you about that. She said COVID gave her the excuse excuse to homeschool or the push to homeschool her kids this year. So she loves to sing. 
her and Adam have been here with her family in Columbiana for eight years. They have moved 13 times in their 17 years of marriage. (laughs) Wild. Well, you'll have to tell us about that. Okay. You should get a prize for that. I should have. Or an award. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's done that. Or counseling. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and they have been at the upper room for the past seven years. So we're really excited about having Janelle with us. Yeah. This place is home. It is home. So Janelle, tell us who or what turned your light on. Okay. I can remember knowing about Jesus since I was little. My parents were part of an Assemblies of God church. And we attended there regularly, like on Sundays, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. We were heavily involved. I was constantly in Sunday school classes and Wednesday evening classes. And so I feel like the word of God was given to me at such a young age. I just remember responding to it, just knowing that Jesus was my savior and I wanted to know more about Jesus. And I knew I wanted him to be in my life and I knew I did not want to go to hell. So those were my main motivations. So we used to gather with my dad's side of the family a lot on Sundays after church. And so we would have like a big family gathering and all the aunts and uncles and cousins, we would all be together and just spend the afternoon together before we would head back to church on Sunday evenings. And I just remember that being such a fun time. Growing up with so much family and just feeling like I had really good friends. And I just remember one time, I can't really remember what the word that was given to me at church that day, but I just remember really feeling like this day is a day like I really want to accept Jesus in my heart. But being kind of introverted, like I was too shy to tell anybody at church. And so I quietly like came back to my grandparents' house where we all gathered and I told some of my cousins, I was saying, we should pray, we should pray about this. And so I feel like this is the vision I have in my mind of how it happened, but I feel like for some reason we took turns hiding behind a chair and praying and asking Jesus into our heart. I don't know why we felt like we had to hide behind a chair, but I just have that memory of I probably was only like five or six years old, but just knowing like I just wanted to know Jesus. And so that is basically how it happened. And Sadly, shortly after that, my parents ended up getting a divorce. And so that really changed our family drastically because I knew my parents to be these wonderful, loving, godly people. And they were constantly, you know, reading the Bible and things to my sister and I. Was it a surprise? Oh, yeah. It was a total surprise. It was a total surprise to my mom and my sister and I, it was just, it like blindsided all of us. Like my dad just up and left. And so I spent the next long time of my life, it just being really hard. Like life just got really hard, really fast. How old were you when your dad left? Six. I was so it was six right after long. you. Yeah, Jesus it must've been heart. sometime after. I just remember like seeing so many things that I feel like a little girl shouldn't see. But I do feel like looking back that I still had like some sort of connection with God, like not even understanding a relationship with God at that time, but feeling like there was something there and not really knowing who to talk to about it or, you know, how to read a Bible or anything like that. But just knowing like I knew there was a God, I knew that Jesus was real and he died for me and that was about 
as much as I knew. And so it wasn't until I got into high school, you know, I started asking the questions of like, okay, who do I want to be? What kind of character do I want to have? And so just really trying to just search out like different avenues and different people and find out, okay, what is my life going to look like? Trying to have like a vision and an idea of what I really wanted it, of course, is like so lame and selfish and the ideas that I had come up with in my head. And I just remember at certain times, though, like wanting to so have like a deeper connection and like have a deeper faith. But again, like not really knowing who to turn to and who to talk to because we didn't really attend church anymore after my parents got divorced. And it was more like a holiday thing. We went to church on the holidays. Even though I grew up in a Christian home, my mom was constantly quoting scripture and telling us about the Bible, but there wasn't much more than that. And so I feel like there was this constant hunger that I had. And I remember one time I had an an aunt and uncle that had bought me a Bible when I was a teenager. I just remember picking it up and feeling so overwhelmed, feeling like you were supposed to read the Bible as a novel. And so I would always start in Genesis and then like, you know, get to like the genealogy and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I don't even know how to read this or understand this. We were just talking about that last week with (laughs) Scott. I know. So I would get so (laughs) discouraged. And so I would put it back on the shelf. And so I just feel like that was kind of my life for years, just having this hunger, but really not knowing what to do about it. And so getting into college. I did the whole college scene where I did everything that, you know, college freshmen do, like (laughs) the partying and the fun and the instant freedom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And just, you know, enjoying just the fact that I could do whatever I wanted. I just remember like towards the end of my freshman year of college, laying in my top bunk of my, you know, nine by nine dorm room and just crying out to God and saying, God, I know that there's so much more to life than this. And I really want to know what else is out there for me besides this life because this does not feel fun. I felt like I was kind of acting it all out and being somebody I wasn't because deep down inside, I really wanted a deeper connection with God, but I really did not know how to obtain it. And so I feel like those were like my baby prayers of God, like send me someone that is going to point me in the right direction to have a relationship with you. It wasn't much later that I had met Adam, my husband. I literally, like when I first saw him, we kind of exchanged highs and it was like very nonchalant. Like we didn't really know each other. We just kind of were in the same circle. He worked at the rec center and I would go and work out on college campus. I just remember saying hi to him when I would, whenever I would walk into there. And that was the extent of our relationship our entire freshman year. There was one day I walked in there and I remember God like saying to me, there's your husband. And it freaked me out at first because I felt like I've never really heard from God before. And I was like, I don't even know what to do with that. And I kind of chuckled and laughed it off. But later, I remember when my friends and I were talking, we were kind of joking around about who likes who. And I made the joke. I was like, oh, you know, that guy, that blonde haired, blue eyed guy that works down at the rec center. I was like, I'm going to marry him someday. (laughs) My (laughs) friends were like, you don't even know his name. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I was like, we'll figure it out. I was like, he's going to be my husband. And it's so funny how it all kind of played out. 
shortly after that, we had actually gotten to know each other, like met, got to know each other. And of course, we were like instant best friends and we started dating right away. And it's kind of all history down there. But I remember the first conversation that we had and him telling me about how he was a Christian and how he wanted to live his life for God. Those were like some of the first things that he ever said to me. And I felt like he was my answer to prayer because I had been with boyfriends and friends that mentioned nothing about a relationship with God. And I had never, ever really been around another Christian like my age, that being like a young 20-something that actually wanted to have a relationship with God. So that felt really awesome and awkward at the same time because I had never been surrounded by anybody that had talked about having a relationship with God. So I felt like when I met him that he was the answer to that prayer that I had that night in my dorm room of send me someone that's going to help point me in the right direction. I feel like Adam kind of turned my light on as a young adult because he really pushed me to learn more about God and pursue him. And as soon as we had gotten married, we actually started attending a church together while we were in college. We met some wonderful people that really poured into us. And I really feel like set the tone for mine and his relationship with God going forward. But there was also somebody in there that really lit my fire before that. And it would have to be Adam's grandparents, Mm -hmm. two amazing people that I've never met anybody in my life like them. They have an amazing story of how they came to faith. They came to know Jesus during the Jesus movement in the 70s, and their testimonies were just amazing. And I never met them before in my life, but it felt like his grandma had known me my whole life and she treated me like this precious daughter. And I had never had anybody treat me like that. That was like a stranger before. And I remember just feeling like these emotions come over being like, what is this? This is the strangest thing. They had actually built and started their own church in Texas. They were missionaries for many years and then came back to Texas to build and plant churches. And so they took us to church and I heard worship and a message like I had never heard before. Something inside of me was just like lit up. And I just remember feeling like whatever it is they're doing feels real and feels true and feels like I want to know what this is. And I, I just felt like they were very real and just very genuine people. And I just felt like I hadn't met any Christian like that before in my life. And so I knew whatever was inside of them, I wanted that in my life. There's many people along the way. After we had gotten married, we both worked full-time and we were super crazy busy, but it was a season of stretching and growing for Adam and I. And I just remember feeling like I grew so fast in the Lord because I was so hungry. I was like a sponge. I just could not get enough of reading the Bible and praying and worshiping and being around people that were Jesus lovers. And I just wanted to know everything I could about growing. But at the same time, I still feel like I struggled a lot with fear and lies that I was stuck in. And so it's been a long journey of trying to cast out like those lies and those fears that have been over me in order to really, really get deep with God and understand who God's made me to be, the gifts that I have and how I can encourage other people. So after college became like a season of a call to obedience for Adam and I. 
And this kind of explains why we moved so much. But I remember um, shortly after Adam and I had gotten married, we decided that our lives were going to be used for God's purposes. We just wanted to be obedient to God. And I remember when we first got married, that was our devotion. We constantly prayed together and asked God, like, we just want to go wherever you want to send us. We just want to be obedient. I felt like our hearts were really opened to anything that God put in front of us. So we kind of flip-flopped a lot in college where we weren't really sure where we should be headed. I quit working, decided to finish my degree. And so I just took a boatload of classes and finished my degree super quickly in like six or seven months during that period while he was doing youth ministry. After that, Adam decided he did not want to do youth ministry. The experience was not good for him in this church that we went to. The staff was actually kind of crooked and they were not like loving Christians. The whole journey of it was actually a really, really awful part of our lives that we never want to repeat. And so it kind of turned him off to doing ministry. And so he decided to go back into college full time. So in that sense, I worked full time while he finished his degree in teaching. I really felt that during that season, like I was in a management training program and I just remember us feeling like, okay, what's the next step, Lord? Like, where are we kind of going from here? And I ended up getting a job offer to manage a retail store close to where I grew up. I actually didn't really desire to move back home. I kind of was excited when I went off to college that I could kind of get away from my roots and experience life. And so I wasn't really excited to go back, but I I also really missed my family and just felt like I needed better connection with them because I hadn't lived close to home in about five years. And so I decided to take the job. And so we moved to Finley, Ohio, which was only about 30 minutes from where I grew up. And it was only like 10 minutes from where my dad lived. And so I felt God calling us there. So we were super sad to leave Michigan. We had a a, a wonderful church that we were a part of and a wonderful Bible study group, a small group that we had been connected to for years years that um, I was saying really poured into us and wonderful friends that we were leaving and we just kind of picked up and left because I really felt God calling me home for some reason even though I was saying it didn't make sense because I didn't really want to be there but I just felt God calling me there and so we picked up and left and I took this full-time position and it went great for a while and I found that I was able to really connect with my dad who we didn't really have a very good relationship I saw my dad like once a year so I, I saw him quite more frequently during that season my My dad's wife at the time found out that she had brain cancer. And so she was starting to get terminally ill. It had progressed. And so it was getting to the point where she didn't have much longer to live. And so I really felt like God used that season of my life to just connect with my dad and just be there by his side during that whole thing. And during that season as well, while we were there, my sister was struggling with her marriage and she was looking at getting a divorce. And so I was really able to pour into my sister and again, just be by her side. Whereas had we lived in Michigan, like I wouldn't have been able to do that. And then my best friend from high school at the time was really struggling with some things as well. And so we ended up connecting in that season as well and spending so much time together. I just remember like sharing scripture with her and praying with her about some things that she was struggling with. Moving there was a call, not just for us and what we were going to be doing, but what God was going to be doing through us. And so learning that and that move made me really look at, Lord, like how much do you want to do through us in our life? Seeing how much like God worked in that season and that situation, I felt like I never want to miss out on a call from God. Like if God's going to call me clear across the country, I want to be willing to go. I want to be obedient. And so I feel like that whole season of our life was just about obedience. And so I feel like kind of in our lives, like we moved so much, but I really felt like it was for the 
the benefit of so many people, not just for ourselves. And so after that, we had moved up to Michigan and I was pregnant with Jonah. And then we bought our first house in Michigan and I ended up having Josiah. And I just remember that season of our life being a season of just surviving. We both worked full time and we had two really young kids it was a super hard season. And not only that, shortly after I had Josiah, Adam's parents sat down and told us that his dad had cancer and that he was terminally ill and that he only had six months to live. And so that was a season that was super difficult because we just felt like we were just starting to get connected with his family during that time because they all lived there in Michigan. And so after we just had a season of connecting with my family and then we felt like we were moving to Michigan to connect with his family and everything was going great, than that bombshell of his dad getting so sick. So kind of going through just some heartache and like kind of wondering like, you know, where are you in all of this, God? After his dad had passed, we both, we kind of fell into like a little bit of a pit of despair and really felt like we kind of lost our way. We were so confused about what God was asking out of us and calling us. And we were just really overwhelmed and stressed out from working. And I remember in that season, I felt like I wasn't being the Christian that God had called me to be because I wasn't able to be active in church or active in somebody's life. I felt like I was just going to work and coming home and taking care of two little boys and just trying to keep my marriage (laughs) in survival mode. And so I remember Adam and I got to a point where we sat down and we prayed and we were like, God, what are you doing? This season is so hard and we feel like we have no purpose. We really, really need a change. And I like never really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I always looked at myself as being like a career woman and I felt being a stay-at-home mom sounded super scary and that being around kids all day had to be miserable. (laughs) So... At the same time, I really did love my kids and I wanted to be with them. I just didn't really know how to like be a good mom. So I remember one day I was working and I worked at a bank and I was a teller. And I remember there was a customer, a well-known customer that came in one day. And I remember he was a Christian because we actually attended church together and I would see him frequently at church. But he came in one day and I'll just never forget what he told me. And he comforted me so much, but I told him how I felt like my life was purposeless. And I told him I felt like the season that we were in was super hard and that I didn't feel like I was doing anything to build the kingdom of God, which is what I really wanted to do. I really wanted to have a bigger purpose. And I told him that I felt like all my life consisted of was working and then going home to be a mom. And then the whole, you know, day would start all over again. It was just one big hamster wheel. And I remember he looked at me straight in the eyes and he said, raising kids is a ministry. And nobody had ever said that to me before. And I don't know why I never thought of that. But to me, I felt like I was the mom that kind of looked at my kids in a way of like a burden. That sounds terrible. But I did. I kind of felt like they were a burden where I felt like I couldn't be the Christian or the person I really wanted to be because I had to spend all this time taking care of kids. And so when he said that, I feel like he gave me permission to be a mom. That was a very profound moment for me. And so I just remember walking away from that conversation and being like, wow, I never saw it that way. I never saw raising kids as a ministry. And so I feel like after that moment of him really shining his light, that it lit a fire in me. And I felt like I went home and had prayers for the first time that said, God, I want to be obedient in being a mother and raising these kids for you, which I really 
didn't honestly have that perspective. I did not realize that I could teach and raise my kids to know and love a God and then grow up to serve them. Like I was so stuck in a moment of just raising babies. So do you feel like going into that next question, what lights you up? Yeah. Not that you expected that to light you up, but now would you say that that is might be one of your... Oh, absolutely. Okay. It is on my list. Yeah, that's totally where I was headed next. Like I was going to say that, yeah, being a mom is definitely one of the things that lights me up. And I never, ever thought that that would be one thing that would light me Mm. up because I really did not see myself as a mom ever. One of my favorite things to do is really just to spend time with my kids. And so being in the season that I'm in right now and wanting to be obedient again when God asked me to homeschool years ago and I ignored him because I felt like that would be way too hard. And finally using COVID as an excuse to be like, okay, God, so many other people are probably going to be homeschooling right now. I feel like that makes it easier Mm -hmm. to say yes, knowing like I'm not in this alone. That's kind of how it felt. But it also gave me permission to really sit down and think about it and plan it and realize when I did that, how much I enjoyed it. I enjoyed planning. I enjoyed thinking about all the things that I was going to teach my kids Mm -hmm. and all the things I was going to experience with them instead of just hearing tidbits about their day when they were in school and like wanting so much more of a connection with them and not having that when they were in school full time. And so that is definitely one thing that lights me up. Anything else that lights you yeah, up? Yeah, um, serving my family. I totally, this is so weird, but going from somebody who thought I wanted my life to look like the big high-powered career woman and have this amazing job and that would be my identity to being a homeschool, stay-at-home mom. <laughs> But I feel like I found myself Mm -hmm. in that because I really do enjoy taking care of a home. I really do enjoy cooking and serving my family meals. It totally lights me up to know that I am serving my family well. I am not bothered by the mundane daily home tasks. I actually find a lot of joy in them, which sounds kind of crazy for today's day and age, but I feel like such a traditional like 50s mom kind of, and I'm really happy about it. I feel like I'm fine fitting into maybe what God has called me to do and I've spent the majority of my life trying to run from that (laughs) thinking like that Yeah. Is not right because it's not the standard nowadays. Mm -hmm. What are your favorite jobs? At home? Yeah. I love doing laundry. I really do. (laughs) There's people listening groaning right now. I know. Oh, God. (laughs) But I hate the dishes. Celie loves laundry too. She loves. I feel like I love to fold. I love the smell of laundry. I love when it's just fresh out of the dryer. There is a skill to doing laundry. Oh, gosh, there is. I just throw it in. I'm like, there is a skill. I actually have have had visions of me taking on other people's laundry just so I can help them with their piles of laundry. I just (laughs) love it that much. This is crazy. I can't believe I'm saying this. Okay, so listeners out there who need a little (laughs) Yes, I will do your laundry laundry. questions. (laughs) The laundry fairy is here with us today. (laughs) She will teach you how to fold a towel properly. Yes. Which is then half and then half and then in thirds. Oh, is that how you fold your yes? Yes, it is half and then half and then thirds. And then the the bed sheets. You know, nobody folds their bed sheets. No, no, I love folding them. You gotta tuck them in the corners. Martha Stewart folds her bed sheets. That's it. Martha Stewart and Janelle. (laughs) Yes. So I love that, and I love to sing, and I love to worship. Yes. 
And I love just to bring praise to God. That's one of my favorite things to do. And um, and you can do that while you're folding laundry. I do. And I do it while I'm cooking dinner. And my kids are often saying, please turn your music down and please stop singing so that we can hear a TV show or whatever they're oh doing. <laughs> they're just, super annoyed by it. <laughs> it just happened. I was in the kitchen screaming with Whitney Houston and, <laughs> and her Christmas choir. <laughs> like, I can't hear my show. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, silly my kids. And I love to sing opera at home. I will never do that in front of everybody, but I do it just to make my kids laugh and torture them. Oh, here's a fun fact about me. I actually tried out for American Idol when I was 20 years old. Oh my gosh, I did not know this. Yeah, I did. What song did you sing? I was going to sing America, but I got 50 feet from the door and they turned like everybody away right after that. I had stood in line all day long with my mom in Detroit. And then I literally got so close to the door. Oh, because they found their 10 candidates or whatever? Well, I don't know. I, I watched the news later and they said they were very disappointed with the people of Detroit and they felt like it was a waste of their time. And I was like, wait, you didn't hear me sing. I was so. So you never got, I never got in. Sing. No, I was. But I felt like I took that as a sign that my voice wasn't for mainstream. It was just for God. So I never pursued that further. So, yeah. so you're letting your light shine right now by, first of all, being obedient to the calling that you felt like God had on your life to be at home and to be with your kids and to serve your family and homeschool yeah. in this season. Yeah. And your light shining. And I think that's cool that you feel like you finally found your in the midst of being obedient. Yes. And I really, that makes me think about Scott from last week because he was saying some people are so afraid to follow God's calling. Like, I don't want to go halfway across the world. If that's where you're calling me, I'm afraid to do that. No, thank you. But Scott was saying, oh, no, no, no. That's definitely where you should be because in that place is where you belong and you will find your purpose and your fulfillment in there. And so I think it's so interesting that you didn't ever see yourself as a full-time mom or or homeschooling and raising your kids in that way. But that's what God said. You were obedient to that. Yeah. And now I just think it's really beautiful that you're finding that it's so good. That's very good. Yeah. I feel like being obedient to God is never easy. I have told God no so many times, Mm -hmm. but when I finally did say yes to what he was calling me to, oh man, like how good it was. So I feel like, yes, that's totally a lesson in just jump into it. Fear and all, just jump into it. And I feel like that's kind of been my life. I've, I feel like I've had a lot of jobs. I've dabbled in a lot of different things. And I feel like sometimes people think that's wishy-washy, but I feel like I don't want to be afraid to try things and see if they fit. Or maybe it's just a season of something. When I took on the children's ministry for a little over a year, I never felt like when God was asking me to do that, that it was going to be a permanent thing. I always felt like it was a temporary thing and it was super scary to say yes. But in that season, God really grew my faith. And so I feel like being obedient is always going to be a really good reward. Well, I I absolutely love teaching my kids. My husband has said for years that I have teaching gifts and I'm like, whatever, I'm not good at teaching at all. But the more that I've spent at home with my kids, I realize I absolutely love putting together lessons. I love teaching my kids about God's word. And I kind of like had this little light bulb in my head where I was like, maybe someday I will be a Bible teacher. I don't know. (laughs) Because I totally love it. I totally love digging into scripture and relating it to everyday life and just showing my kids about it and just seeing them light up. I am loving that in this season. 
what grade is Jonah in? Seventh. Seventh. So what are you learning, relearning about seventh grade? I have no idea. I feel like what my kids are learning is nothing like what I learned. Like I went to a public school. Like I wasn't fed any kind of Christian curriculum. But even just in history or science, do you remember all that stuff? No. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, I love history. I feel like Jonah actually loves to learn. And so we actually spend a lot of time together just learning random information because we both are like sponges. And so I love doing that with him. We'll often get into some sort of history or discussion or something, whatever. And then we have to Google it and learn everything about it. And so that's kind of Jaden and I were doing that this morning. We watched Hamilton on Disney Plus. And so I decided to get the audio the biography on Alexander Hamilton and we were listening to it. It's so fascinating, but I was like, what happened to the Federalist Party? So we Googled it and found out. <laughs> yes. They got overtaken oh. by the Democratic Republicans. <laughs> yes. I feel like I watched I'm like, what, like, did I learn that at one point? I, I don't remember that. That's what I feel like I will, I'll watch documentaries and then I'll be like, I have to Google, is this real? Like, does this really happen? <laughs> I got really into that. The Crown series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I have to Google everything and be like, did this really take place? Is that is this total history? I never knew that. She and then I'm like Churchill? so fascinated. Yeah. <laughs> Other things that light me up. I have a lot. But I absolutely love reading stories of people's testimonies. Unlike stories of people that have overcome that have been met with so many obstacles and then overcame and so that's one of my favorite things to do is basically like read autobiographies and just testimonies of people that really lights me up because then it encourages me when I'm in a struggle that there's hope and I also am an information hoarder and so I love to share anything (laughs) that teaches me something with everybody else in my sphere of influence (laughs) and sometimes I feel like maybe people don't want to know all that information but I love to give it (laughs) (laughs) too bad I know listen Good to hear. If you need laundry tips <laughs> or information, Janelle, random information. random information, Janelle's your girl. Did we cover all your notes? I guess, yeah. I had to like put bullet points and stuff because I was afraid I would miss something. You're the only other person who's come with notes other than me. Okay. What does that say? I don't know. I thought there was something wrong with me. I no one else came with notes, with but I did. <laughs> well, because when I talk, I get I get off track a lot. And so I just forget. Yes, I do too. I can't remember what I wanted to say. Anyways, is there anything else you want to tell us? No. I don't know. Well, she did share that random piece of information. I know, but we didn't ask the question. It's true. So you'll have to. Something else now. (laughs) Wait, Um, let me ask the question. Okay. So Janelle, is there anything else you want to tell us? Okay. I love sitting down and listening to God. I am a big journaler and I I would like to write a book one day. Oh. I Did you hear our podcast with Liz? I did. Yeah. That really Liz, I know me. you're listening. She is. Liz is listening. And so we got another author for you. Awesome. I'm gonna need some major help because I have no idea what I'm doing. It's funny because I felt like I was speaking to me and he told me to write a book and I said, God, you're crazy. I'm not a writer. So I kind of blew it off. And then he said, no, you're going to write a book. And the title is called A Room for Color. And so I wrote that down. And that's all I have. I have a title and nothing to write about. (laughs) Do you know what it's about? I have no idea. But God said that my journal is full of information and I should start there, which I still have no idea where to start. So stay tuned. (laughs) Yes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Liz, go ahead. Get her. (laughs) I'm 
just consistently amazed at the people here. Phenomenal. So gifted and talented and amazing. I don't know. Yeah, you are, Janelle. I'm just trying to be obedient. I really have no idea what I'm doing. So tell us when you talk about being obedient to God, how do you hear from him? Or how do you know what he's calling you to do? What's that look like for you? Well, I have always been a very avid dreamer, even since a little kid. Like I just remember having extremely detailed dreams and like telling people about them and them telling me I'm crazy because nobody else has dreams like that. And so I feel like God actually talks to me a lot in my dreams. There has been so many times I can't even count where I have been awoken in the middle of the night by something God is trying to tell me. And it's usually through some sort of dream or he's either speaking it or showing me a vision or something. And so I often will make sure that my phone is by my bedside or my journal so that I can quickly write it down because I will forget by the time I wake up. And so oftentimes what God is speaking to me about my life or even sometimes other people's is through dreams. And so a lot of, I feel like my prayers and the things I've asked God about and when I've talked to God about my fears have come out and played out in dreams. And then God's really given me visions inside those dreams and shown me like a direction or a word or a song or a scripture verse. And then it kind of gives me the idea of what he's trying to tell me. And so that's really, I feel like where the obedience has come from. And I feel like my journal is super important because I am so forgetful. So I often forget what God is doing in my life or what he has done and what he's shown me and how faithful he's been. And so I joke with God a lot when I talk with him and I tell him that I am just like those dumb Israelites <laughs> in the Bible because I so easily forget about how good he is, especially when I'm hit a bump in the road. So I use those phrases and visions and things that he's spoken that I've written down my journal and I'll often go back and just sit and read until I remember how faithful he's been mm. and how he'll continue to be faithful and so well thanks for sharing your story yes. and thank you yourself so with us tonight we're blessed to have you here Janelle yeah. and thanks for listening to all our listeners out there make sure you tune in next week for another special guest bye, bye.